1: I'm back
4: with Eddie and Rocky. Eddie, are
1: you doing okay? I mean, you've had two bad bits of news in the last hour, like bang, bang. Not even
4: last hour, son. About the last half hour.
1: So it ain't good. We just found out, wow, airlines, that was offering that $99 trip to Iceland that you were going to go on, I was going to go on.
4: Pulling out of the market entirely. You and I were going to go to Iceland. Then we're going to fly to, like, Amsterdam. And do and, and go crazy for like five days. I tell our wives where we're at, have yeah. some fun. We had the whole
1: thing planned out. And now this. How about this? The man, Hoff, Dennis Hoff of the Moonlight Bunny Ranch, wow. dead at age seventy-two. It just just literally just came out like five minutes ago. His uh, campaign manager, because he was running for office out there, uh, said, uh, "Quote: I wish something I could tell you. I was I'm on my way up there right now to find out exactly what the hell happened. I got a call from his, assist, his assistant." In tears, saying Dennis had died and I need to come out here immediately. Blah, blah, blah. We had a wonderful event last night. He was having the time of his life. Grover Norquist was there. Ron Jeremy was there. Of course. He was given a rescue dog as a birthday present. He was having the time of his life.
4: So, yeah. And that and this is also, so now
1: so now that dream trip is is gone now too for you.
4: My my wife told me that she would let me go. I mean, she wasn't going to let me do anything. But I said, don't you think it'd be interesting if we just went in there and, and you seen you just what
1: it looked like? And you just told me that like yesterday. Absolutely, like, like I, man, I, like we're going to go out there on vacation. Maybe we'll shoot down there just. And you like, said that wasn't like. like you know, hating on
4: it. No, she didn't hate on it at all. I mean, if I'd have said, "Well, you know, I'm going to get Mercedes and Bambi and such," and <laughs> such, I don't think that had gone over well no, at of all. Of course not. But I go just for a little experiment. Go there, and I'm just real curious to meet him and see what the place
1: is like. And uh, sure enough, 24 hours later, belly up. Age 72. So, and right now, Ed, I have the I have the Emerson Lincoln Palmer's Lincoln Palmer uh, song in my head, "Lucky Man," about he had all the money, he had all the girls, he had all the fame, and none of that could save him. Dead at 72.
4: You know what though? I think that in human years, that seventy two is probably more like four hundred eleven. Yeah, do you I, think?
1: I, well, what do you think? You think that in the, within the last week he was being real? You know, getting getting eight hours of sleep and kind of being real, oh, kind of subdued. Or for sure, getting up in the morning,
4: tilt. having his uh, grapefruit, a little OJ on the <laughs> side, perhaps a poached egg. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. Mm,
3: mm, mm,
4: so, uh, anyways, uh, R.I.P. Dennis Hoff. He was he was always good to us. I will say he was nice. I mean, yeah. You
1: know. Yeah. Absolutely. Came on the show whenever we asked him to.
4: So this is, I mean, this kind of almost ties into what we're talking about here of going a skate, doing stuff, going to some, doing something naughty, like going to the bunny ranch or, or shooting off to Amsterdam with a couple of your buddies and having fun.
1: Yeah. But this is the the 13 year old version. So you saw the story where a Texas mom catches her 13 year old son driving her new BMW to his girlfriend's house. Uh, She, Went and she disabled the Wi-Fi, like, in the house and on her phone so she couldn't see, like, the security cameras that she had set up. He, 13 years old, jumps in the BMW, whoop, on his way to go see his girlfriend. Now, see, I,
4: I, was, I was a little bit of a case when I was a kid. But you're 13 and you jump in somebody in, the, in your mom's Beamer? Yeah. To go see how Howard was a girl? Uh, I assume she was more. Or less I assume the same, assume, age, yeah. assume right? the same thing. Yeah. But then
1: the mother, like, like, like his, like the daughter, like told the mom about it, and then they got in the car and they're like driving after him, and she goes after. The car stops. She goes after him, grabs a belt, starts <laughs> whipping him with a belt. We need to get this video on the blog. Um, so I don't know. Was just, we were just, you and I were talking earlier today when this came out about just like you know child horror stories. Everyone has to have a story about when their five year old. You know, well, lit the basement on fire or something, yeah, right? Like, you were
4: a kid or stuff you did when you were a kid. Yeah. You know, or yeah. stuff that, because you know, I've got a couple of stories. When I was a, a kid, we, uh, I, I say we, I was there to see it. But I was a few years younger than the rest of these guys. And somebody decided it was going to be a good idea to set a coffee can full of gasoline on fire just to see what it would do.
1: Yeah, of course.
4: Right. (laughs) Right. And I'm probably, shoot, I don't know, five, six, something like that. And these other guys were eight, nine, ten. And so, of course, (laughs) there's a giant flame shooting out of this thing and everybody panics. So this one kid gets the bright idea to try to kick it over. Well, when he kicks it over, he kicks it right on the pant leg of one of our buddies.
1: Really? Does he go up?
4: Yeah. Well, his leg was, he got really badly burned on his leg. And the, uh, and all I heard, because as soon as that flame got really big, we lived on a one way or a dead end street. And so as soon as I saw that flame get that big, cause we had it against this wooden fence at the end of the street, it was super smart stuff. And as soon as I saw it that big, I'm like, oh, hell no, I'm out of here. And. I had probably turned around and started to run about a second and a half, two seconds before I hear, wah! Oh, man. And I looked over my shoulder to see that kid running around with his pant leg on fire. Was he okay? He got, like I said, he got, no, he didn't die. He got severely burned on his leg, but Jeez,
1: yeah. man.
4: And uh, so I go home, and my mom, I'm, obviously, I'm freaking out. Yeah. And I, my mom says, what happened? What happened? And I, I, I didn't know what to say, so I said Jimmy got bit by a snake. I do remember saying that
1: because <laughs> that's better than because I guess like,
4: like she's not going to know that half the end of the street is on fire right now. God,
1: yeah. See, I, I was thinking they were going to try to blame it on you, since you were like the five year old and young kid, and no, I was
3: Eddie's idea.
4: Oh, everybody folded like card tents on that one, man. There was no way. Everybody was too scared to lie. But that was that. That wasn't trying to get away to a girl. Your story is what we're looking for. Seven four nine seven thousand eight hundred. The big one pounds seven hundred on AT and T. Ever get busted trying to go hook up with a girl or a guy? Well, oh,
1: I'll say that's kind of the other part is just cra- craziest ways you've tried to you know meet up with your you know your girlfriend or boyfriend. I remember in, in high school and I'm telling this story for the first time. If my parents are listening.
4: Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say your dad seems to be too no, smart of a cooky for you to get by with around. anything.
1: Absolutely. So, um, but this is my senior high school, and we lived out in Okeana. My girlfriend, okay, lived out like on Montgomery Road. I mean, it's like fifty minutes hauling ass to get out there, right? It was far, and um, so yeah. One, I, I think I did did it. Well, I'm doing it twice. Um, snuck out, whatever. Jumped out the window. I had the whole the bed sheets tied in the knot. The whole thing. Oh down. man. Pushed the car to the end of the driveway so it was far enough away so I could, you know, light it up and drove on out there. And I went out there. And uh, the the one time I was with my buddy, and and, and so we drive, you know, it's like 2 in the morning or whatever, right? And we get out there. I'm like, hey. You know, here, you know, let's come in, man. we okay. No, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> she thought she was going to get in trouble. And uh, so it was funny. But that was that's that's the one, yeah. I guess, sneak away to see my girlfriend's story. The, right?
4: the one time I tried something like that, I did the same thing you're just talking about. That's what uh, reminded me of it. It was when I was in college. And I was, I think, in the second year of college, i you know was saying. And I lived at home during school. And uh, so it was snowing a little bit. And so I was going to go back out to campus to see my girlfriend who lived on campus. Mm-hmm. At UD and we lived on the other end of town, but I mean, you know, Dayton's not that big, but it was still gonna be twenty, twenty five minutes to get over there. So me and him go back and forth, back and forth. He's like, You're not going anywhere. Forget about it. So I'm like, Okay, we'll see about that. So he uh he sit there as he often did, watching TV and he'd be because he got up at like four in the morning to work. And so he falls asleep at like eight, eight thirty after he had a nice big dinner mm-hmm. and he was napping out and uh, so i did the same thing i try to push the car we lived up on a tiny hill and uh, so i push it out of the, the, the driveway and get it down into the street try to start it son of a gun had yanked the uh uh the, what is, uh, the battery cable distri- no the distributor, distributor cap distributor cap and i'm going it's not even doing anything
1: he wasn't born he wasn't and, born and night, right, man and i'm
4: sitting there looking at and i look <laughs> up in the window and he's standing there like nodding his head and waving at me
1: Pretty good. Uh, yeah. Seven four nine seven
4: thousand eight hundred the big one, pound 700 on AT&T. Times you got busted by your parents. Dumbest thing you ever tried to do when you were a kid or had your kids do. Bob and Batavia, what's going on, buddy? What do you got?
5: Hey, guys, real quick. I was living on an Air Force base in New Mexico, all in an Air Force base, and me and my older brother were walking the dog. We were outside the base limits. We went to this barbed wire fence and went over a couple ridges, walking the dog. And uh, we started, I had this matches. I started this fire and it got out of control and we couldn't put it out. So we run back to the house, um, get um, get in, the smoke was covering the neighborhood. It didn't burn anything. It was just a desert. Wait, you know what I'm saying? Yeah,
1: right, and, yeah. And
5: anyway, my dad comes home from, front. he flew F-4s uh, off the base and he comes, he, they were coming in for a landing and he sees this big fire in the desert. And he comes home and he goes, hey, there's a big fire in the desert. And me and my brother were sitting there going, oh, really? You wonder how that got there. <laughs> yeah, and he, cause he saw it from his plane when he was landing at, wow. at Holloman. And it was like, oh, my God. But they, they still don't know to this
1: day. Wow, that's pretty good. Thanks, yeah. guys. Yeah, man, thanks. They couldn't follow the tracks. They could attract you. cool that his dad saw it from an F-4 as he was landing. That was the-
4: Eddie and Rocky, talking about stuff you did as a kid or stuff your kids have tried to get away with. We were talking and got started talking about it this 13 year old kid who wanted to see his girlfriend so he took her BMW
1: and not only that he disabled his mom the Wi-Fi on his mom's phone so she couldn't see the you know surveillance camera you know apps that everyone has these days disabled that jumps in the BMW and is on his way to see you know Susie real Susie
4: real Susie mom catches him and whips Gives him in the
6: belt, belt. <laughs> nice
7: hey Brad what happened to yeah. you what'd you see what'd you do well Two years ago, me and my wife decided to go on vacation. We went to the other side to chill a coffee. Roughly about a three, four-hour trip. Uh, and then that Saturday night, we get a phone call from the Springboro Police Department that we needed to come home right away. And I said, well, can't I have my, my parents or my wife's parents come? Nope, you guys need to come home. We get home. There's over 250 kids in our house.
3: Oh, my God. <laughs> nice. The the, best. <laughs>
7: <laughs> the front door had been... Just to, we had one of those glass front doors. It was somebody ran through it. Um, there was over 300 cans of Pats blue ribbon in the bathtub. The
8: good stuff. Yes. Wow.
7: Yeah. <laughs> um, and the whole kicker of it was they uh, they found a a joint. So here come the drug dogs. Oh no!
3: Wow.
7: And, <laughs> Uh, they, they went ahead and searched the house. They didn't find. They found that one joint. That was it. Well, after the police leave, my parents take my stuff selling because they were afraid we were going to selling. Um, <laughs> 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 my, wife, my wife said, you know what? I'm going to take a shower. I can't deal with this right now. And then I hear this blood-curdling scream. I run downstairs. There's a kid hiding behind my dryer. I call the police, get him out. <laughs> then she goes, you need to get that back down here. Come back down there. And underneath the, the sink in our bathroom, there was a gallon-sized bag of pop. Wow. Gallon-sized said, oh. bag? A gallon-sized. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. So I would call the police back out. It was not a good time. And then as soon as you went in our front door, you could see our kitchen, and we had a chalkboard up. And this was the funniest thing. On the chalkboard, it wrote: "If the police come, all minors go to the basement."
1: <laughs> At least they were thoughtful enough to put instructions up, right? <laughs> right.
4: <laughs> to see this yeah, right.
1: That's a good one, man. Yeah, good, good story.
4: podcasting system right there on the chalkboard. That's a great one. Hey, Jeremy, what's going on? What'd you see? What'd you do? Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. Sure, buddy. Um,
8: I was a police officer several years ago. And uh, this is a small village in a rural county in Ohio, and um, I was just sitting there running radar one night about 1 o'clock in the morning. It's a 35-mile-an-hour zone. this truck comes flying by me at, like, 60-mile-an-hour. So, you know, I, I initiate tra- traffic stop, pull him over. And it's a 15-year-old kid. And kind of like your story, he was heading over to see his girlfriend.
3: <laughs> wow.
8: Well, <laughs> this kid starts freaking out because – with juveniles, it's not not as easy with a, an adult just to cart them off to the jail or whatever, you know. So, uh, so anyways, uh, you know, I, I take him back to the police station. and say, "Well, we're going to call your mom and dad." Well, he really starts going nuts. Well, come to find out, uh, the reason he was going crazy is because this mountain of a man, probably I don't know, at six foot eight, probably three hundred fifty pounds. Farmer in bib overalls comes walking in. This is his dad.
3: Oh, man. Chris <laughs> Grizzly Adams.
8: Happy. <laughs> yeah. so, I think that young man would have definitely preferred going to jail that night than uh, have to deal with whatever his consequences were with, with mom and dad.
4: So,
8: thanks for my call, guys. No, thanks. that's pretty Cheers, good Jeremy.
1: stuff, Jeremy. Thanks. Uh, hey,
4: Larry, you're next up. What do you got? What did you see? What did you do?
7: So, uh,
9: it's kind of a mix of the uh, story so far, but when I was 15, I used to, a
2: few times, take my brother's car out, I'd sneak out of the basement, and I'd roll his old Cadillac Coupe DeVille, was all pimped out, the least, you know, inconspicuous
7: car ever, and I'd drive out to meet this girl, and the best place there was around her house was this uh, dark church parking lot, and uh, it worked out a few times, we got to spend some time in the big old back seat. but then uh, the last time... A uh, an officer uses flashlight to tap on the window, uh, uh, and yeah. when it wasn't a great time. And uh, needless to say, it was the last time that uh, I got out of the house for a while. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, see, that's that that noise, man. When you're sitting there yeah. in whatever various stages of love,
1: Could you on your window down, sir? Yeah,
4: yeah. You're out here watching the submarine races, are you? Uh, that ain't fun. Uh, we, you know what? we got some time to take your calls, too. 749-7800. The big one, pound 700 on AT&T. We will get to your calls right after the news, which is right now. News Radio 700
7: WLW. To give a damn
3: my
4: Eddie and Rocky talking about child well not childhood i hope not childhood teen experience has got to start talking about this 13 year old took his mom's bmw to go try to see his girlfriend
1: yeah yeah uh, this is in texas disables his mom's phone so she uh, the wi-fi won't work so that her surveillance cameras won't work pulls the bmw out of the garage starts heading to little Susie's house and then I think the I think the sister ratted him out. Told the mom, so they get in another car and are Ew. hauling an ass trying to go and, and track him down. They do, and she gets out the belt, opens the car, the driver's side door, oh, and starts going to town.
4: Frontier Justice, and right there on the side right of the down. road.
1: But stuff you did
4: or stuff you've seen. had what do your kids do? Seven four nine seven thousand eight hundred. The big one, pound seven hundred on AT and T. But right now, Frank, you're up. What's going on, buddy?
9: That's I qualify for the smartest and dumbest thing I ever did. In the spirit of the snow car-stealing year olds, I jacked my father's Cadillac. and didn't make it back from the next county. Uh, so about 7 o'clock in the morning when he was awake, already in the shower, didn't know if I was dead or not. He didn't know if he knew the car was gone. So, of course, every single car on my street was absolutely blanketed in snow but his shiny Cadillac. Um, and <laughs> quickly said, of am for everything my life was worth. And believe it or not, I um, actually had his car, had his stuff pretty good, had his car pretty good, because, you know, it's hotter it than hell. So um, whatever reason, uh, he came home, he's looking at me, looking at me, looking at the driveway, looking at the car. I'm, I'm brushing, pretending I'm brushing snow off of it still. <laughs> and he's, he's just thinking like you know something happened he just doesn't know what and I was I so what's what's the moral of story that i was just trying to get away with one of my buddies for the weekend and that's that the gods were in my favor because about at that time because i was the only tracks on the road at that time and a pilot truck had come by probably 10 minutes before he came out to go to work and covered up the evidence and ah, nice. that, i got away with my life on that one and uh, we never want to think about the snow coming when you're out
3: there at 15
4: sneaking
9: out to see a girl. So. Yeah, man. There but,
4: you hey, go. Man. That's good, Frank. When love calls, baby, gotta go. Nathan. The tracks in the snow, though. What's going on with you, buddy? Stuff kids do? What did you do? What'd you see?
7: Oh, man. This is going to be the, the previous caller had a, a, a similar situation, but this one's a hell of a lot better. He used to hang out with this kid that loved to play with fire, okay? Mm hmm. And what he did one day, oh man, it was bad. He set this garage on fire. And see, not not the fact that he burnt this garage down is not the fact that you know he burnt the garage down. It was what was in the garage that he burnt down was a fully restored '71 Hemi Cuda.
1: Oh my God, oh, man! And, and what year? What year was this? This was uh, '83. Okay, I was—I mean, right now, how many kudos worth? What, two hundred fifty grand more?
7: Oh, um, I, I, it's hard to tell how much one of those go for nowadays. But that the, the old man that lived in that house—he, oh man, he
1: went a crap. I bet he did, <laughs> I, man. Well, uh, yeah. You can't—you you, you know—you don't just you know make another one of those, right?
4: Well, a little paint—you could probably <laughs> straighten it back up. Yeah.
1: Never get that fire smell and hey, smoke out of it. Laura, we haven't heard from a woman's
4: side of this. What'd you do? What'd you see?
1: Oh, I saw another garage,
10: believe it or not, um, late 60s um, at a party in Cheviot on Trevor Street. A lot of drinking, a lot of drugs, a lot of fun, and um, I don't remember exactly what it was for, but somehow there were fireworks or something, and all of a sudden, this guy I was dating, decided that he was going to set off a phosphorus flare. Mm-hmm. And it was going to be fun to have it go up in the air and make all the, you know, sparkles and everything. But unfortunately, what it did was go up in the air, twist around, come back down, and land in the wooden garage door of the house right next door. Ooh. And wow. as you know,
1: you can't put out
10: phosphorus
1: with water. So what do you mean like baking soda or something? I don't know. I, I know what you're saying, yeah, water doesn't do anything to it.
10: Yes. No, it's some kind of chemical. But uh, fortunately, the guy that shot the thing lived on two streets parallel to Trevor Street in Cheviot. So, by the time the fire and the police department got there, you could never tell there had been a party because everybody was jumping over fences and running down the street. Oh, hell yeah. To go to the the other guy's house. It was an unforgettable moment.
1: God, so did the whole garage burn down or what? Right, little, uh, she's gone. Hey, John, what's going on?
6: Stuff you did or stuff you've seen? Uh, How's it going, fellas? Can you hear me again? Yeah. Gotcha. So I got a story was, uh, plenty of years ago when I was in high school, um, similar to the first couple of calls. Um, I was a young man uh, with my girlfriend at the time, now my wife, bless her heart. Um, and I promised her I'd never tell the story, but it's just too, it's too good. I can't help it. We, yeah. we'd, cruise, we'd cruise around my house, around the back roads in the truck, you know, back in the day, just driving around after school and stuff. And there's one driveway off this back road. It was a little too tempting as a uh, one of those spots. You know what I'm getting at? Yeah, of course. We'll make out spot. Yeah, yeah, something, something like that. So we're we're getting into it. We we pull off in a driveway. We're getting into it, and she tells me to be lookout. And of course, you know me, my mind's on you know the one and only thing. I'm a little too busy. I'm just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm too busy doing my job to well, my job. <laughs> Wait, is, we get is, it. We get it. Right, 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 right. So, we get. As soon as we get done, you know, uh, we're sitting there in the truck, and uh, right when we get done, we're sitting there butt naked, and this and this dude, who I guess who owns the house, walks up, and I look on my left, and he's right but right at the window, look like staring at us, and he says, "This is my house."
11: <laughs> <laughs> and what is I, the band? I, Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions
6: apply.
1: See website for details. All, all I
6: all could <laughs> say was, oh, we were just talking and I slammed the truck in gear and, and pulled off his <laughs> as, <fast laughs> we as were I were just, <laughs> just
1: talking, yes. It looks exactly like what you were doing. <laughs> That's good, good John.
4: <laughs> uh, I had a, a friend whose daughter decided she was going to borrow his vehicle yeah. while he and his wife were out. And uh, I think she was 14 or 15. And uh, she did, well, see, she didn't get very far at all. She didn't get out of the garage. She forgot she was going to back the car out of the garage, didn't open the garage door.
1: Oh, man. It's like yeah. the and number one thing you got to take care of That's the first. only thing she had to Something do. matters.
4: Open the garage door. Was so, I guess too wound up and scared to, you know. Just
1: pulled back a car right through the garage door?
4: It didn't go through it, just Mushed it out, Smashed like it obviously was... in the shape of the back of the car, perfectly <laughs> right. Right dimensions. And then he calls her dad and says, "Dad, I, I was riding my bike and I fell against the door." And and he comes home and he looks and he goes, "You did that? What falling off your bike?"
1: <laughs> and I happened to stumble uh, in the car right. and I happened to turn the ignition on. I happened right. to throw it in reverse. And There
4: happened to be dents exactly where the bumper of the car is. <laughs> And Rocky, coming up here in a little over ten minutes, we've got a guest and author of a book about Harry Houdini, great magician, escape artist from back in the day.
1: He died on Halloween, right? So that's kind yes. of part of the theme here uh, too.
4: Supposedly, if you—that's what I wanted to ask her—if you believe the legend, Halloween was like his unlucky day.
1: Oh yeah, that, that, that is things right. Things happened yeah. to him on
4: Halloween. Well, certainly, including did. dying. dying. <laughs> but now, speaking of escaping, escaping town. Jay Radliff, wow! I'm surprised by this. Wow, airlines thing leaving town. I thought they were doing pretty well.
13: Oh, they were. I mean, planes were packed. Eddie, they had, uh, that's I, don't what know, I 40, thought forty some thousand people going out of here. But the one thing that airlines can never predict, and that's the cost of fuel prices. We've seen the airline jet fuel surge nearly fifty percent in the last year, year plus. Uh, it's affecting every airline around the world. In fact, American Airlines stock is at its lowest price in two years at thirty three dollars a share. And uh, it's it basically a rise in fuel prices that caused airlines to around the world to kind of adjust their flight schedule. So that's what we saw with uh, with WOW. They're uh, taking care of the service here in Cleveland and I believe in St. Louis as well. Yeah. It's uh, not a reflection of the airport, certainly not the community, because I thought the community did an incredible job, guys, of, yeah. of really responding like they have with Southwest, Frontier, and Allegiant, and will continue to do so. Uh, this was just something that, unfortunately, was out of everyone's hands.
1: Now, is there any chance, Jay, like, say tomorrow we wake up and airline fuel prices go back down? They look pretty steady. <laughs> Can it come back or no? Is it done? Well,
13: I mean, I, look, uh, there's always the ebb and flow of prices. Uh, we, we have enjoyed some historic low prices for a sustained period of time, uh, and that's one of the reasons that, uh, you know, we have see cheaper uh, airfares around the country now than we've seen in a while. In fact, we also got word today that Cincinnati, on that top list, of airports, you know, as far as the DOT rankings, uh, that ranks the top 100 U.S. domestic airports. Cincinnati is now number. Remember, we were number one for years. Yeah. Cincinnati's now at number 82. Wow. So, uh, yeah, it's it's, and again, it's because of the community support here that uh, attracts these low-cost carriers, causes other airlines here to increase their service, and. It, it's really a, a co op, if you will, between the airports, uh, the employees, uh, the passengers, rather, and the airlines as they all work together. And uh, look, we can all benefit as a result.
4: Anything going to come in here off the top of your head, Jabe? Because I saw something today that. Uh, rep, uh, rep from CVG was talking about they wanted to get more international directs out of here. Is there any oh, chance do. that uh, some of the bigger you know, can, airlines... Are...
1: Paris is the only one right now, right? Directly? It is. It okay. is.
13: But you know, you never... Well,
4: for Delta the schedule, had... I mean, I'm sorry to interrupt, Jay, but mm-hmm. how many did Delta have at one stage? I
13: mean, at the well, they, they their ten, game, they
4: might have had eight or ten. They had,
13: they had a total of ten gates during the hub time. I, I think at the most, we might have had five or six that were going. We had the Sabina uh, co-chair that was going out as well. But uh, we've got the, the, the facility here. Remember, Cincinnati has four active runways. It is a, a proven facility where we have, you know, other airports around the country would love to have three runways, let alone four, LaGuardia, as you guys have flown in and out of a, a yeah. few times. They have two runways. So when you've got high winds or inclement weather of any kind, few options, which is why we always see delays, even on good days, uh, going towards the northeast. The fact that the airport has what it has is a reason that we've seen the cargo boom, over the last several years and that continues to get better so most airports would kill for cargo growth or airline passenger growth uh, of you know approaching double digit well we've exceeded both of those and at the same time so there's a lot of uh, fun stuff going on at the airport and I love the fact that now the average fare is down to $314 round trip that, uh, you know, which is cheaper than any of the airports around the country. But if you guys have not in a while, go to that com website and the fare deals. I think the first eight or ten are all under $100 round trip. Dallas, 69 bucks round trip. Denver, round trip, 97 that's, that's So when crazy. you got these kind of fares, uh, people are taking advantage of them, and it's just not low-cost carriers. We see American fares and Delta fares and other things in here as well. And uh, it, it's great to see, and it's a lot of fun to talk about
1: so jay real quick so what what causes jet fuel to to rise in price i I know gas has gone up a little bit like you know automobile gas, but is jet line fuel gone up even more and if so why it's
13: about the same, but it comes down to production as far as how much is available and the demand and and as those are factored in as with anything, the greater the demand, and if there's a kind of a reduction in the supply. Uh, unfortunately, the fares are you know, or the prices are going to go up, and airlines, as you guys know, are going to be very quick to pass that cost on to us. Although I don't recall when fuel prices dropped by sixty some percent that airlines came out and said, "You know what? Let, let's let's give you some of this money back." See, that didn't that's, happen. That's isn't, the thing. Isn't that funny how exactly. that works? Right? I'm sure that memo's here somewhere. I just can't find it on my desk.
4: <laughs> well, that's why even back when when this wild thing started, Jay. Back to the original point mm-hmm. is. Still, because that was one of the quotes today that, well, we didn't find it profitable and whatnot, was I said to Rocket like, on how can you make a profit on flying a jet? Okay, how many people you have on the damn plane for a 100 bucks?
13: he started a hundred you know then the next level is 130 149 yeah. the next level is 179 and it goes up from there but there were still from an inventory control standpoint several several seats on there that were available at that $99 fare but you know the, the the fares went up from there the same way that if you're on a delta flight they have so many that are basic economy the next percentage up is a slightly higher price the next range is slightly higher and it just goes from there so right, it's, right. it's the same format that every airline in the world uses um, but again, it was just something that when they were making the plans of coming into Cincinnati, they were basing everything on a specific price level from a fuel standpoint. And then when fuel started rising much more than their expectations, they were forced to make some hard decisions. And I know the last thing they wanted to do was leave forty some thousand passengers and then some, uh, you know, without being able to service them here. So you know, I-, I hope that we've proven that the fact that we can support them. And I think if things change, I wouldn't be surprised at all. To see them or any other carrier coming in and saying, "Hey, as long as the demand is there, like it has been, uh, we'll certainly give uh, Cincinnati a try."
4: All right, with that, Jay, we'll let you go. All
13: right, guys, thanks,
1: thanks, Thank Jay, you, buddy,
13: Jay Ratliff, our
4: aviation guy.
1: So maybe there is still hope for your ninety-nine dollars Iceland trip. bed.
4: see, I'm wondering. I w- I would love to know how many people went to Iceland just because of that. There's
1: ninety-nine bucks, yeah.
4: I Fire mean, it's Harris. not something I've ever, it's not been a dream of mine to go there, but I thought, well, hell, I got a $100, bucks. I'll yeah, i will fly there to mean, see what it looks a, like. If,
1: you know, your kids are gone out of the house, maybe yeah. you're retired or whatever, sitting around like, hey, I've never been to Iceland. You, know, you and your wife, 200 bucks to go? Why not?
4: Coming up, an author talking about the life of Harry Houdini. After the news right now, 700 WLW. Here we are, what, a little over, well, almost exactly two weeks from Halloween. Yep. When I think of Halloween, I think of this guy for some reason, Harry Houdini. Now, here's a gentleman who's been dead for over 90 years, going on 100 years the fellow's been dead, and you still his name to this day when it comes to, like, escape and all that stuff.
1: Right, because he died on Halloween back in 1926, and he's, of course, probably the earliest, most famous showman right you know in terms of escape artists and do all these crazy tricks illusions and things like that and now you know there's chris angel there's david copperfield but this was this dude was like the original
4: they still have seances to this day trying i don't know if they're still trying to contact him or not or if he just said leave me alone i've been dead for a while (laughs) well let's talk to an expert in the matter rebecca welcome to the program
0: hi thank you thank you for having me
4: rebecca rosenberg's a houdini expert also an author and rebecca so you heard us talking there. It is there. Is it true that are they still doing it on Halloween night, still trying to contact Houdini, or did they give up on that?
0: Absolutely. So there are Houdini seances all over the country. And you could go to my website, which is Rebecca-Rosenberg.com, and you can get the whole schedule and where they're happening. But they're trying to bring back Houdini to tell the message that he gave his wife Beth to prove that there was afterlife. And they're still trying today. It's quite amazing.
4: Yeah, I had read that that he, he had promised his wife that. Uh, but didn't he also say, if, hey, if you haven't heard from me in X amount of years, then forget, forget about it?
0: Yeah, forget it. Well, she decided after 10 years that that was enough. But what okay. no one knows is the second year they had the seance, she actually received the correct message, which was impossible for anyone to know what it was because it was in a secret code that they had used in their magic shows when they were doing, you know, um, trying to give each other messages. And so he, the message that was given to her was: "Roosevelt, answer, tell, pray, answer, look, tell, answer, answer, tell." which everyone thought was garbledy-goop and, you know, weren't paying attention. But each one of those words represented a letter that when you spell that out, the message was, Roosevelt, believe. And that was the exact message. And so what it was truly. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
10: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom?
2: Sorry, sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time.
1: <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Was is a message from the grave, but she tried to get it back. That's why they keep having the seances is maybe, you know, on his death, he will come back and give that message one more time.
1: Now, one of the messages apparently that people are hoping he gives, or maybe he didn't and should have at the time, is apparently he was having an affair. Is, is, that, is that accurate, <laughs> Rebecca? I maybe mean, that's yeah, the reason that's why true. the wife wants to talk <laughs> <Yeah>. to that. <him. laughs>
0: <laughs> Well, my book, which is The Secret Life of Mrs. London, yeah. uh, Houdini was having an affair with Charmian London, who was Jack London's wife. How about that? And wow. they were having a very torrid affair, and it just turned them both inside out. And so that that is another one of his closely guarded secrets. In fact, it was a secret until this book came out pretty much. Although his historians have discovered it uh, previously, for some reason, nobody knew about it.
4: Rebecca Rosenberg is our guest. As you heard, she is an author and a Houdini expert. So let's go back to uh, when Houdini was young. I mean, for people who don't, and of course, uh, everybody in the United States has heard his name. You might not know a lot about him because it's obviously happened 100 years ago. But some of the stuff he did was absolutely unbelievable. For the day that this guy came up with that stuff, where what drove him to do all these kind of things? And well, yeah, in, in indeed, was death defying. Yeah,
0: they were they were death defying. So some of the tricks that he did were was dangling from a high rise building um, upside down and trust in a straitjacket, and he would escape. He also was thrown overboard into a river or the ocean even in a nail shut crate and he was handcuffed and chained. So he did, he walked through brick walls, if you can believe it. I mean, the things he did were phenomenal. And in studying Houdini, I, I feel like the reason that he did that is his father came over from Hungary and had no money and never learned English and could not support the family. And he made Houdini as a 12-year-old boy promise that he would support his mother because his father was dying of cancer. And so he took it upon himself right away to start learning magic in New York City and he would perform for all sorts of bar mitzvahs and all sorts of events, and he became a very good magician, but that wasn't good enough. He wanted to do things that defied anything that anyone had ever seen before. So he was um, just driven, truly driven. And interestingly, Jack London was the same in his own way. Like, he built a ship in 1906, not knowing anything about it, and sailed all the way to Australia through the islands with the cannibals and the headhunters. So they were both similar men, the most famous men of their time, and they fell in love with Charmian London.
4: So, what? because, you know, Rock mentioned Copperfield and Chris Angel and, you know, David Blaine is out there still. Why are people still talking about Houdini all this time later?
0: You know, I think um, Houdini kept all of his tricks, his illusions, a secret. And, in fact, people in that time did not think he was a magician. They thought that he had supernatural power. <laughs> I would right. Yeah, of course. course. We could so walk through it. a wall. <laughs> no, he did. He They really thought he did. In fact, his friend was Sarah Bernhardt, a famous actress. And she lost her leg to gangrene, and she begged him to replace it. And he said, You don't understand. I, <laughs> I don't I, do that I trick. Just do <laughs> so, so, anyway. So I if think, she wanted him to yeah. b- fix
4: her, like, poof. Yes, there's a new leg. He believed
0: he could. Wow. He wow. believed he could because he had that drama to him. So he kept all his secrets, and I think all the magicians, um, modern-day magicians, all of them were Vera Houdini because he started the whole thing. He was president of the Magic Society of America for 20 years. Yeah. So he's just a phenomenal man who kept him, his secrets to himself, and they're still trying to find out how he did these things.
1: Well, and part of it, from what I remember reading about it, is I mean, there were other people doing magic and doing, but, but he was a showman, right? He just had kind of a charismatic thing where, right? He could just kind of sell it, and people were just so fascinated by him, right? And he had
0: a certain way about him. Like, he would perform, I'm not kidding you, nude he would perform news. I you know what? Was, I read
4: that someplace <laughs> and I thought that was
0: like an old wives tale or something. No, it isn't. Wow. I have pictures on my website. So he he would have like a like a little G-string way back in those days to show that he wasn't hiding anything. You know when he was all tied up in knots or um handcuffed and leg irons and he wasn't hiding anything so he would perform nude and he was very proud of his body so yeah he was the master showman master showman
1: so rebecca other than the you know finding out about the affair and and all that what's the most interesting thing you've learned about houdini in all your years of studying him
0: that's a good question i think how secretive and masterful he was in his tricks and finding out more about his wild tricks, like the my favorite one is his um, Elephant Disappearance Act in New York City. And this is in 1916, or 1918, when um, Charmian came there for the affair. He was at the Hippodrome, and he could make an elephant disappear in front of an audience, and you have no idea how it happened. You know, that is before CGI and trap doors right, exactly. and all that yeah. right before their eyes. So he he just really thrived through his entire life to do things that hadn't been done before. And I, ha- I outlined those tricks in The Secret Life of Mrs. London so you're able to see some of his best. In action and live them.
14: So, Rebecca, very one,
4: one more question for me? Did because we're this all tied into Halloween, obviously. But he did die on Halloween night of 1926. Now, the story that I always thought was true is that somebody had punched him in the stomach, and that caused his appendix to rupture, and he died in like a water tank trick. Is that true? He
0: did. That is true. So I have he, the big
4: brain he, on Ed. Good stuff, up, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you,
4: I seen the movie, but, you baby. Know, he,
0: they hit him um, without him realizing it, you know, and so he. And, and by the
1: way, real quick, Rebecca, I, I think I remember reading. Wasn't that one of his things? He would just challenge anybody right. to punch him in the stomach as hard as he could and as, as they could he and you could take do it? That. Yeah, okay. He
0: would challenge everybody to things like that, and this time it really got the better of him. So he was only 52 when he died. Oh, so he was a young man. And Jack London, by the way, because this book, The Secret Life of Mrs. London, is about. The two most famous men and how they fell in love with Charmian London. But Jack London died at 40 years old, having written 50 books already.
3: Wow. That's,
0: wow. That's, that's so they're, cool. they're, they're astounding, like yeah. astounding men.
4: With that, Rebecca, we'll let you go. That's fascinating stuff. We really appreciate it.
0: Well, thank you so much for having me.
4: That is Thanks, Rebecca. Rebecca Rosenberg. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so that's, yeah, I remember seeing that movie. They hung them upside down in a big glass thing and right before he we went out there these guys you know sucker punched him basically right.
1: and, and i think didn't he have like an ankle injury too or something or he broke his ankle and so he couldn't like brace himself i don't know it's all coming back to me but what wasn't how he like got the like the handcuffs undone in the trick like you you swallow the keys right, right. And you're, and you're you can basically regurgitate them on cue the right up. yeah
4: that's a, now that that's race, a trick
1: in and of itself <laughs> by the way
4: Eddie and Rocky, check out that blog, 700WLW.com. Cool stuff, as always, including the Song of the Day. It's cover version week on Song of the Day. We got the naked guy in the shark tank. <laughs> you got to be a special kind of high to do something yes, like that. Yes, absolutely.
1: But do this video of the wolf you put on there is awesome.
4: I don't, what is, what is that?
1: It's a wolf. Is or... that
4: just a, is that, I mean, it looks, I've never seen a wolf that looks like that thing. It looks like a werewolf. It's bizarre looking.
1: Can I tell you a, f- a funny wolf story real quick, please? All right. So this is up in Minnesota, a buddy of mine, and uh, they had I guess years, ago, you know, I don't know whatever, ten, twenty years ago they had just re, you know, in in you know put back in the wild the Minnesota timber wolf. Right? It was a gotcha. huge wolf. I, but, I remember reading about that. Right, but obviously you're not allowed to shoot them, right?
4: Right. Well, <laughs> so he's a
1: big <laughs> hunter. So him and his buddy got hunting, and you know he's in one tree and the other's and they're going coyote hunting, right? So uh, uh, his buddy kind of signals to him like, "Hey, I got one over here." So You know, throws up the rifle, boom, goes and gets in. And my my one buddy could see his friend going out and, you know, where the, the coyote had gone down. He said, "No." So I'm looking at him. He's like, "Stand there." He's got this puzzled look on his face, like, <laughs> "Oh crap! This is not a coyote. This is a Minnesota timber wolf. This is a really big coyote." Yeah. So they had to, like, you know, bury it and, and all because he he's like, "Dude, we wanted no evidence." But then he tells me, "He goes, yeah, but then my buddy like cut the tail off and put the and took a picture of it." I'm like, "That defeats the whole purpose of destroying the evidence, <laughs> exactly, moron." Anyway,
4: but anyway go there also the uh, i haven't had a chance to watch this one yet the 12th man making the tackle
1: yes this is this is pretty funny I i think everyone who's played football or been around football has thought about this about you know what happens you know if a guy on the other team just takes off he's getting ready to score a touchdown you're standing there on the sideline and you have options ed you can something you can maybe do to stop that touchdown even though you're not on the field
4: well, that's, I think I remember somebody, didn't somebody do that in the NFL? I NFL, been, yeah.
1: There's a fame. I forget the case now. Yeah, yeah there's it's a been, famous I one. mean, it's a long time ago, yeah.
4: but I remember seeing that. It was like on Monday Night Football or something like that. Yeah. Guy just sticks his foot out there and oops. Oops. So you're a happy man. Yes. Back out in the market, your girl, Ariana Grande. Oh, and I'm not man. lying to you when I can honestly, uh, Rock's a very happily married man, father of two, pillar of the community and uh but he had this weirdo crush
0: with lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere
10: dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom
2: sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time
1: no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky
0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
4: On Ariana Grande, in which she hooked up with that Pete Davidson weirdo, uh, he was not happy It just Abby didn't Kenner.
1: make any sense. Like, I, I mean, he's I, nothing against the guy, but he's he's kind of weird looking, and he's also, like, not that... I don't, talented. Right? I going
4: to say, I don't get what his th- his talent
1: is. One thing to be kind of odd, but then just be super talented, like you know, like a young you know Jim Carrey or something like that. So what's his name? Pete Townsend. Pete, Pete, Pete Townsend. David. Pete Townsend. <laughs> Pete <Davidson. laughs> Not the guitarist for the Who. Pete Davidson. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah. So shocker alert. You know, and they got together. I guess you know a month after she broke up with her boyfriend, the rapper guy, who then killed him. himself. Right. So uh, yeah, she's back out there. At-
4: Did he kill himself or OD? I think he OD'd. Yeah. Yeah, I believe so. So anyways, and another thing, you know, one of my favorite topics is people looking for stuff to get pissed about.
1: Yes, and, and I brought this to your attention, and yeah. th- this has got the this f- is file ridiculous. up there. So you know what emojis are, right, yeah. on, your, on, your, yeah. on your phone there? Well, apparently the world was up in arms that the bagel emoji on phones was plain and did not have cream cheese. But Apple, in their infinite wisdom, I'm sure many meetings were called... There were all kinds of work stoppages. People had to, they have fixed that. They have now put cream cheese on the bagel emoji. See, now that's, a, I, I
4: go back to what I just said. Who looks at that and goes, there's no cream cheese on the damn bagel. You, I can't use this emoji. That ain't right.
1: I'm, I'm telling you, all these sort of things like this and like, you know, Talawanda trying to change the name of the from Braves. Over, it's all indication to me of how well things are going in the country. If we have time. To worry about the stupid stuff about if a bagel on an emoji has cream cheese on it, you know, economy must be going pretty good. People must be living, living okay, right? Or people need a damn Imagine lobby. in World War II when that was going on, people were not concerned about stupid stuff like this. So, hallelujah, we're living in great times, people.
4: Now, do, do they have, if I want a plain bagel, do I have that option, or is it only available with cream cheese now? Uh,
1: you, your gripe is just a finger-click <laughs> away. You can start the whole trend on social media. You can get all up in arms, dedicate your life. to And I bet you, with your popularity and power, oh, you, could, you could get this done.
4: got the news right now. News Radio 700 WLW.com. Rock a true legend that I don't think a lot of people knew a lot about passed the other day.
1: Yeah, how about this? So, So Paul Allen... One of the founders of Microsoft, and you're right. I think everyone knows the name. but you Probably heard the name, right? But I, because I met, I knew the
4: name, and I knew a little bit about him, but not much,
1: right? And, and you know him, and all, obviously, I think people know more the name of you know Bill Gates and all that. But yeah, I think people are interested. Okay, this guy was probably a, an iconic guy. Did a lot of great things, but what exactly is his contribution to computers in the world and all that?
4: Let's talk to a guy who knows a little bit more about it than we do. Our one, one of our tech wizards around here, Dave Hatter. How you doing, man?
2: I'm doing good, guys. How you doing?
4: Doing great. Dave, you heard us talking there. So yep. did, did Paul Allen kind of keep to himself, or is just kind of, you know, bigger names kind of overshadowed him?
2: Yeah, I think to a large extent, a lot of people sort of thought of him as a recluse, although, you know, he was out there doing all kinds of things. I mean, the guy's legacy is really just incredible. I think many people might not realize the Microsoft connection. He not only co-founded Microsoft with Bill Gates, but actually came up with the name Microsoft. And was there, you know, right from the very beginning. It's kind of funny if you ever see any of his memes on the internet with Gates and his original team of super dorky looking guys. You know, he's the guy with the big beard and glasses. Yeah, yeah. And but I, mean, I think a lot of people probably might be more familiar with him either from a lot of his philanthropic works or because he owned the Seahawks right. and the Portland Trailblazers. You know, he's pretty and, and also has a partnership in a and a soccer team out there too, the Seattle Sounders. So, I mean, the guy was very involved in sports. Had been with the Trailblazers since '88 and the Seahawks since '96. But, I mean, the guy was into everything. It's, it's pretty incredible what he did. He personally had 46 patents. Wow. One of, the, one of the many companies he founded was responsible, and it only lasted for like five or six years, was responsible for 300 patents. Um, his most recent endeavor was an organization called Vulcan. It was sort of a holding company that was involved in a lot of uh, venture capital and that sort of thing. But he's made films. Um, he's well-known as an excellent guitar player. In fact, if you look up Quincy Jones' tweet, he commented on what a great guitar player he was uh, and, and apparently was well-known for entertaining folks on one of his several yachts. He has one of the largest yachts in the world and uh, was well-known for playing in a band, put out an album, great guitar player. Uh, I think I think his most recent wealth was estimated at $20 billion and that made him like the 46th Ooh. richest person in the world. But yeah, to a large extent, he was kind of behind the scenes, but when you get right down to it, I mean, he's right up there with, with the, the biggest names in tech, like, you know, Paige and Brin from Google, uh, Vince Cerf, the father of the Internet, Tim Berners-Lee, the father of the Web, the great Hopper, the uh, Admiral Hopper, the, the woman who coined the term bug and it pertains, pertains to computer software. So, I mean, the guy's incredible. If you really look into all the things he did, all the money he's given, how many different computer science departments and libraries and so forth are named after him? It's unbelievable. He gave away over two billion dollars. Wow, so he,
1: and, and it's such a shame too. I mean, he you know he dies early at age sixty-five of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And he'd he'd battled health stuff his whole life. I mean, I think wasn't it like even the early eighties, like you know, not long after uh, Microsoft had been founded, he was dealing with some sort of you know diseases or something like that, yeah. wasn't he?
2: You're exactly right. In fact, that's why he originally left Microsoft. He left in 82 because he had Hodgkin's lymphoma. Beat that, and then the non-Hodgkin's came on, I think, maybe three or four years ago. He beat that, but then it came – I think it was 2013, and then it came back. Yeah, he's had a lot of health issues over his life, Um, and that's – again, that's why he originally left Microsoft. Now, he stayed involved with the board until, I think, the Mm mid-2000s, so he was sort of an advisor and so forth, but he hasn't been officially affiliated with Microsoft really since 82, um, but yeah, it, it, it's amazing. Again, if you look into this guy, the incredible things he's been involved in, how much money he's given to all kinds of really interesting causes. I mean, he, in my mind, he really was a Renaissance man, and all kind of behind the scenes because uh, you name it, it looks like he probably did it. You know, he's he supported uh, space flight, and just it's, it's it's really incredible. It's incredible when you look at all the things he's done.
4: Dave Hatters, so, our guest, and and Dave, I'm sorry to interrupt, but. Back in the day when he and Bill Gates and that uh, band of renegades they had together there and stuff.
1: Nerdogates. Yeah. Right,
4: basically. Um, <laughs> were, was, there a, was there a tech, like, you know, you always hear about the space race with the Russians and the Americans back in the day. Was there a, a race to develop this technology or this was unique to these guys?
2: Well, I think at the time, you had a, I think a lot of people started to realize that the, the big computers back in the day, the mainframes and so forth that folks like IBM and Honeywell and Unisys were making, you know, had their place, but that there was an opportunity to, uh, what I guess I would say miniaturize this stuff and, and push it out to the masses. Um, now, it is kind of funny, Bill Gates is famous for a quote where he said something to the effect of no one would ever need more than 640 k which is like a laughably small amount of memory in in today's terms. I mean, it's like almost zero, really. Um, But I I think they were pretty visionary, and they realized that small businesses and individuals could use the kind of technology they had in mind. Because when you get right down to it, I mean, they bought a lot of their technology and improved upon it, but both both Bill Gates and Paul Adam were technical guys. You know, they were studying computer science. They were in there writing the code themselves. I mean, they, they really... A lot of people claim they stole a lot of this stuff, but they did buy and patent a lot, or, and they bought a lot of licenses and then kind of improved upon it. And uh, I mean, you know, if the results speak for themselves. I mean, Bill Gates is quoted in his message about Paul's death, amongst other things, saying, "You know, lifelong partner and friend." The quote: "Personal computing would not have existed without him." Unquote. So. Wow. I mean, yeah, the guy contributed a lot to Microsoft and really all the technology that most of us use every day without a whole lot of thought about
1: it. Well, and so. Dave, from what I understand, wasn't Bill Gates was kind of the the business side of it, right? Like, kind of the the capitalist person, and then Allen was more like the hey, he just loved to kind of get in there and you know and, and work on the material and you know work on all these sort of things and make the personal computer, all the technical stuff. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, I mean they're both pretty technical, but I would agree. Bill, I think, was much more marketing oriented and business oriented, and sort of the driving force behind it all. And, and Alan was more of the, the technical guru. I mean, the guy got a sixteen hundred on his SAT. Wow. But yeah, I mean, he, he was a pretty. Smart it's not far dude. off
4: what Ed got. I was going to say just like me, but hey. Yeah, uh,
2: yeah, me too. Me too.
4: <laughs> with, sure. With that, Dave, we appreciate it, man. It's something that Rock and I were talking about, like. You know, we kind of started kicking it around like, yeah, we know the, we know a little bit about the guy, but obviously a lot of influence of in the way we're living right now.
2: Pretty pretty much. I mean, he's a pretty incredible dude. There's a, he's got a memoir out there. If people want to learn more about him, you can look it up. Uh, again, fascinating guy. and it, It's a shame he's gone because, you know, he was still involved in many, many things in the health arena, lots of funding for various uh, neuroscience and that sort of thing. So it'll be interesting to see how that continues. But, uh, yeah, he, he's definitely left a lasting legacy in that we all – even though we may not realize it, are living under the impacts that he and Bill Gates have created uh, every day and, and pretty much every piece of technology you touch. So,
3: All
4: right. With that, Dave, we'll let you go, man. Thanks so much.
1: Thanks for having me, guys. See Thanks, you. Thanks, Dave. One of our uh, many tech guys here at
4: 700 WLW. Uh,
1: have you heard of the book uh, The Out- uh, Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell? Know the it's name. It's one of the best books I've ever read, if you get a chance to read it. And one of the things it talks about, kind of the theme of the book is it's like, there, you know, when great things have been invented or created, it's it's genius involved, in but it's also the circumstances, right? Like, you happen to be at the right place at the right time, and it mentions that all the people that were involved with, you know, the founding of these big tech and computer right. corporations like Apple and Microsoft were all born basically between, like, 1951 and, like, 1955. Like, all those guys were born in that kind of era because had they been born earlier, they would have done the old, like, DOS sort of computer language. And had they been born after someone else would have already invented it. So it's kind of like they fell at the right place at the right time, and this is one of them, piling.
4: Hey, and Rocky, Rocky, I remember this crash in the desert in Nevada with the Thunderbirds. He crashed. They've been holding back, apparently, on one. Uh, they do such a thorough investigation on that stuff.
1: Right, but they found out, right, what, what caused the uh, crash.
4: Let's talk to our friend Alex Stone about it from ABC News. Alex, how you doing?
14: Hey there, guys. Doing well? And yeah, today, uh, months after this crash, and you know, if you think if it were a civilian crash, it usually takes the NTSB about a year to come out with a cause, and it's taken uh, the military several months to figure it out. But Air Combat Command says that after their investigation, that they have now determined that the the pilot, Major Stephen Del Bagno that he was overcome by G-forces, that, that he was doing a inverted move and then flying in a downward S maneuver. He was flying inverted for about 20 seconds, then went into that downward S maneuver, and that uh, he passed out, and that, that he literally he was unconscious. He was out of it uh, as the plane was doing the, the downward S maneuver and then went right into the ground, and uh, he never hmm. regained consciousness before hitting the, the ground in his F-16. So,
1: so Alex, what is the... I guess the most amount of G's that the average person can withstand. And how many G's was this plane doing at the time he passed out?
14: Well, we don't know the, the exact number that it was doing uh, at that moment. Most military aircraft will safely do, and have, they have a cutoff of around 6 or 7 Gs. The F-16 that, uh, that the Thunderbirds use, they pull over 9 Gs, and it just happens that I've actually flown with the Thunderbirds, and we did 9.3 Gs. Oh, I was going to ask is, you
4: about that.
14: Yeah, it is incredibly painful. Uh, you're wearing a flight suit. Uh, you they, they teach you to do breathing exercises. Beforehand, you're making crazy noises, and you know, you're going. <laughs> As uh, as you're you're in these G's and uh, your your flight suit is uh, it 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 inflates so it's trying to keep blood in your lower extremities and uh, so it doesn't all go uh, rushing out of the the bottom part of your body that it is painful and if you don't manage it correctly and pilots learn to, to manage it over time but if you you don't get on it soon enough when the G's are starting to be pulled you can get behind and and all of a sudden find yourself passing out.
4: How close did you come to passing out, Alex? Tell the truth. <laughs> I had not passed out. Come on. You know,
14: I, I came much closer to puking than passing out. And then they give you a uh, puke bag that they strap to your leg and say, hey, use it if you need to. And you would rip your oxygen mask off and your helmet off and go to town. But uh, as we were flying inverted, that's when I started to feel it. We were going inverted and dropping at the same time so that everything would float in the cabin of the, the fighter jet. And that's when I told the, the pilot that we were with. All right, enough. Let's turn it back Fair around. We, uh, we'd we been up in the air for about an hour and a half, and uh, at that point, oh, enough wow. was enough. That long? Really? Yeah, we were up for a long time, up over Wyoming.
1: Alex, I'm so jealous of you getting to ride in one of these things. I mean, Describe to the listeners, what's it like? What's the sensations when you're taking off, you're up in the air? I mean, what's it like?
14: Well, it's pretty incredible because especially when you're taking off, you know, you've got all of the adrenaline going, you're, you're waiting to go. You know, generally, what the the idea is of what you're going to do, and then you take off and you're, you you know, you barely roll down the runway, and at least in in my case, the pilot lifted up off the runway just a tiny bit, and we were running parallel to the runway, and he said, you ready, Alex? And I said, (laughs) I'm ready, and we went, zoom, straight up from there. Oh, man. And I remember Denver Center, the air traffic controllers coming on the radio and saying, Hey, you're pretty lucky, and uh, can we get a ride? And uh, the the pilot's saying, uh, no, not today. I've got Alex with me, and then good luck. But we did a number of fighter jet maneuvers where there was a home in the middle of nowhere Wyoming who, if anybody was inside, they must have uh, had to make a trip to the bathroom after they were done because he says, we're going to lock on, on on that house. We went zooming down. We He targeted in on that house. We zeroed in on it straight down to the house, and right before the house, he peeled off and went right back out. Oh you think God. you're
1: sitting in Wyoming. I'm sweating just telling you telling this story, <laughs> yeah, man. fascinating. You're this on the back porch,
14: and all of a sudden, the fighter jet comes zooming in right in, on top of your house and then zooms off, and you're thinking, what was that?
4: That guy's probably used to it by now. I'm
14: sure they do yeah, that ah. to him all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, it, it was, it was an experience, and I got my 9G pin that they, they give you once uh, if anybody experiences 9Gs, but it, it is an experience. It, uh, and you really get a, an appreciation for what these pilots do, and in this case, the, the, the fatal case here that he was practicing for a show, he was doing what they do, uh, pulling a incredible amounts of, uh, the, uh, of power uh, out of the plane and then against their bodies and unfortunately in this case and he was an experienced pilot he was from california 3500 hours of flight time he had been a corporate pilot he had done all kinds of different flying then joined uh, the air force and unfortunately in this case he he wasn't able to stay conscious all right with that
4: alex we'll let you go man
14: always a pleasure
4: you got it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Alex. Alex Stone, ABC News.
1: I'll tell you what, add add this to my list. You know, we were talking last week about if what if one of us won the you know the one billion dollar Powerball or right, whatever gotcha. it is tonight. Put this on. I want to ride in an F sixteen. I want See, that, and I want one of those sandwich like deli meat slicers. Add that one. I want that one. I want that. Too. So wait a
4: minute. You you want to fly with the Thunderbirds, yes. and you want a deli meat slicer? Haven't you, are,
1: haven't you ever? Wa- always wanted one of those? Like you go to like Jersey Mike's, and they got the thing. You put the big thing. Of meat oh, in there yeah, just, I'd love to have. Just one. cut your own like sandwich, man. That'd be the bomb. Those things are expensive because I looked into it, but
4: but you're gonna. If have I had to, that
1: kind of cash, I'd buy one.
4: But it's only it's only me and Deb and the kid at home. I'm not gonna. Keep around a 25 pound piece of roast beef. <laughs> but the
1: coolest factor is <laughs> out i, out I this get world. that
4: part. That would be cool.
1: But then you could take it, you make the sandwich before you got on the jet. And
4: puke, puke it up. Puke it up right into your oxygen <laughs> mask. I'm totally doing See, man. I've thought about that and I've known people who've not, not anything like he did, but you know, gone up and t- they'll. I think they just kind of gauge you. They'll ask you what you think you can stand. Yeah, obviously Alex uh, thinks he's a man. Don't
1: say, gee, he's only. Well, him I'm rip. with you.
4: That kind of gave me the heebie jeebie just listening <laughs> to him talk
1: about Dude, it. I, I don't know, man. My my nervous flying thing. I'd have to balance the coolness factor, and I don't know. Well, I, I'd do it though, but
4: wait to eat that ham sandwich until yes, you get yes, back down. That's
3: yes.
1: So we have the news
4: now. After the news, we talk to our good friend Stacy Nelkin. About how to get over someone.
1: Everyone's had that, you know. Get it out of Can though, especially when you're young, living between your
4: ears. How to get rid of it, and move on. But now, the news. News Radio seven hundred WLW. Funny
3: mm.
4: right where this stuff comes from. Rock and I were talking about. The Bengals be the Steelers, and right. how it's obvious now. I mean, you can joke about it, or you can you know suppose all you want to, but man, it sure looks like something's in these guys' heads. Now.
1: Something's in their head, and look also that the town here yesterday, things are going great for the Bengals, and then yesterday they or you know, Sunday they lose, and everyone's just like can't get over it, right. They just can't get that Steelers loss out of their head. They can never just can't let it go. So you got to you and I talking. I'm sure that, you know, the same kind of thing happens in relationships, yep. right? You had that girl in high school or middle school, whatever, that she broke up with you. And you just, God, you can't move on. But you, you got to find a way to do it. What's the best way?
4: Let's talk to our longtime relationship expert, Stacy Nelkin. How are
12: you? I'm good. How you guys doing? Good. Doing
4: great. But, I mean, it's the same thing, Stacey. You heard, you, you know, you heard us talking there. That whether, whether or not it's constantly being defeated by a sports team or your girlfriend's leaving you and you can't quite get it out of your mind, how do you, I mean, you're a therapist and counselor, how do you work through stuff like that?
12: Uh, yeah, well, we are all prey to that, and it's called uh, obsessional thinking. We all go there. And when left alone to our own devices and left alone to think, we tend to, uh, as they say, the mind is a dangerous place to wander alone because (laughs) we tend to have negative thoughts and we tend to have obsessional thoughts and compulsive thoughts. And for some people, it can obviously get really bad, thus OCD, things like that, where you literally – are missing work and certain things because you can't get out of your head or repetitive behaviors. But with this kind of thing, it, it all starts in our head, right? It's the it, And that's where it, it's got to end there, too. Or we can um, take actions that are not good. So with relationships, with obsessing about your sports team that lost, it's what are you telling yourself? Are you telling yourself, gosh, I'm a loser because this girl didn't call me back and I'm crazy about her and she's not responding to my calls or, 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 or uh, you know, this is my ex and I can't get over her. She was the one. She was the one. Or this sports team, you know, it means something, yeah. you know, to, to me. It's some part of my identity. And if they're not good, that means I'm not good. Wow. It's what do you, right? But people do go there, especially with sports. It becomes a very tribal thing and we, we, we identify ourselves as part of that. So therefore, if something happens to our team, it's happened to us. So it's what are we telling ourselves about that? That's the key. We're all going to have reactions to and, and feelings about our teams or about the girl that didn't call. It's how do we handle it? What are we telling ourselves? If we're telling ourselves negative things about it, like that means you know we're never going to win, and then you personalize your team's loss as your own loss. You described everyone win. in Cincinnati, Stacey. <laughs> right. Stacey. Oh, no. But Stacey, that's, that's the real. reason they lost. All that but sort of how, how do you not obsess
4: over it? Because I, and especially when you're younger, it's going you know it. Have, I don't right. care who you are; it of happens course. to you. But, you know, I remember being a, a younger man, and a girl broke up with me, and I couldn't, th- I couldn't possibly think about, well, she do not want to be with me, what am I worried about? You
1: know, I'll uh, find somebody
4: tomorrow that's move, easier said than done. Move it Right. But, but all you do is <laughs> right. you don't sit there and think about, hey, there's a million fish in the sea. No, you think about that girl who doesn't want to be with you.
12: Oh, of course. Well, the good news, and I think you guys can attest to this, too, is that things do mellow, including the obsessional thoughts as we get older. You know, I'm sure today, if you were single and dating, and you were crazy about somebody and they broke up with you, you'd be able to move on a little bit quicker and wouldn't be obsessing the same way.
11: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A
12: laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?
11: Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, no by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
12: You would if you were 17 or 20, you know? Very but it's, it's, it's the self talk. It's what are we telling ourselves about this? If what's included in this is I'll never be loved again, uh, thus I'm unlovable, you're going to be in big trouble, right? You're going to set yourself up for depression. You might even uh, make a self-fulfilling prophecy by acting unlovable, right? And then you go, see, I knew nobody would love me, right, because you do some stupid or illegal thing or whatever, right, to prove your point. Yeah. But um, it's all what we tell ourselves. So... You know, just as anybody who is an athlete knows, it all starts with what you tell yourself. And I, I tell this to my, my people in my group. If you tell yourself, if you're about to run a race or play a game, and you say, let's say you're going to run a marathon, and you say, I God, I'm exhausted, I'm not going to be able to do it, guess what? You're going to peter out after the first two miles. You're not yeah. going to make it. Yeah. But if you set yourself up as all sports all athletes know is you got to psych yourself up and say, I can do this. You don't let anything get in your way with your thoughts. The thoughts will control it. And especially, I think, in baseball, which is such a psychological game, um, football is more reactive. But, you know, you're up at bat and you're telling yourself, oh, God, I've had a losing streak for weeks now, I'm never going to get it. You're not going to get it again. The minute you let it go and you just relax and be in that moment, you know, things will change. So it's how you psych yourself up. So if everybody in Cincinnati is feeling like a loser because their team's losing, that, that's not, that's not healthy. So what I would like to hear is we can do this. We can beat them and, and, and say some prayers, <laughs> which always helps <laughs> and have some faith, <laughs> right? Everyone's have been
1: doing roll, that and getting answered. that
12: lucky charm, right? Yeah. Wear that, that perfect t-shirt that's going to make them win. <laughs> right. And <laughs> right, we all do that. Yeah, hope for and the then, best, yeah. Right. And yeah. then, and then you got to let it go. And it's also then what are you going to tell yourself if they lose, right? You, you got to set up a contingency plan. If they lose, are you going to feel like a loser? No. You say there's always next year, but look at how great they did. Look at how well they did. They got this close, right? You always want to accent the positive because that's going to keep you going, right? Like well, I think parent- that's the problem here <laughs> is
4: that they're always getting close and they're never quite getting over the hump. Right, right. right but yeah. you
12: know what that means? I'm an optimist sometimes to a fault, but that means... They're going to eventually win because they're getting that close. It was like me acting, you know. You go on how many auditions, but if, and if you keep getting called back, eventually you're going to get a job. So for them, they're always getting this close. They're going to win. They're, they're getting better and better is what that means. Because before they weren't getting that
1: close, right, mm-hmm. yeah well, and so they' have that's another good news right, and you'll <laughs> have another opportunity here in a few weeks, but l- let me go back to the the relationship side of this side of Stacy like for me, it was all, when I was young, your breaking so it was always out of sight out of mind, like when I went away to college, my high school girlfriend broke up with me, but look I'm, mm-hmm. I'm off in college I you know never saw her again, right, so it was it never weighed in my mind now when my mm-hmm. girlfriend in college broke up with me. Their Dame's got, like, you know, seven 8,000 students. You're going to run into them all the time. That that made it hard. Right. So how do, you, no, that makes how do you move on when you're, you know, you live in a small town, you're constantly when running into each other, them. work at the same place, yeah. that sort of deal?
12: Yeah. Well, you know, you have to, number one, set yourself up for the fact that you're going to be meeting this person and running into them, right? So it's not a constant surprise and that you have a plan in mind. What are you going to say? How are you going to say it? <laughs> right. How do I want to come off when I see her? Do I want to come off as uh, as a weepy,
3: you know, mopey <laughs> right.
12: person, or do I want her to see that I'm uh, I'm a winner? I'm doing okay without you. Or do I want to really, actually, just be a gentleman and say hi and you know be a real human being about it? <laughs> so if you visualize it, that will help. So you have to anticipate. Of course, yeah, you're going to probably bump right. into this person. Yeah. Right.
3: So it Uh, it all
12: starts within our head. What are we telling ourselves? What are we envisioning? What are we setting ourselves up for?
4: Right. uh, All right. Well, with that, Stacey, we'll let you go. Always a pleasure. All right.
12: Good talking to you guys. See Take you, buddy. Go, go Bengals. There you all go. Right. See, that's, that's, go that's, Bengals. See, they're excited about the Bengals. See, they're, <laughs> yeah, they're
1: more optimistic than the fans <laughs> are right now, Stacy.
12: They're sure leading the Bengals. Right. Thank you. Thanks,
4: Stacey. Bye. Stacey Nelkin, She's an actress, therapist, counselor, all kinds of all kinds of stuff. Well, so in other words, just get on with your life.
1: That's easier said than done, though. You know what I mean? See, I, that's
4: what, I mean, when you It depends
1: and if you have options. Like, like the Bengals... You know, you know you're going to face them again here. You know, whatever in in a few weeks. So it's a little bit, but but you know, with their relationship kind of thing at the time, you're like, I'm never going to right meet anybody else that sort of thing.
4: Well, it's like I said, you know, you and I don't know about you, but that's the way I was. I wanted to prove, for lack of a better way to put it, prove her wrong. You know, and I, I mean, I'll get you back. Yeah, yes.
1: I'll show you how all cool. those things you said I was. I'm not. You're going to you. gonna
4: realize how cool I am and come crawling back. You just watch. And she's like, Pfft. "Yeah." Uh.
1: You register rollbacks.
4: Eddie and Rocky talking about obsessive behavior.
1: You ever had an obsessive? Well, yeah, you had the. Oh, you know brain. I do. Oh, I,
4: yeah. Golly, the one was the queen of all that. You.
1: Yeah. And I'll save that story.
4: Yeah, we uh, we might have to share our stories yes. here. I mean, it's 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 not pretty. No, isn't is it fun? No, it's not fun. No, let's talk to Greg about it. Hey, Greg, thanks for calling and holding. What do you have, buddy?
15: Hey, guys, how you doing? Good man. Yeah, Go ahead. Uh, I was a sophomore in high school, and uh, you know, I met this girl. And we went out for two months or something. And my parents bought the house out in Bethel. And we're like, oh, you know, we're moving. And I was like, sweet. And I was like, yeah, I didn't want to do a long distance thing. I was like. So I broke up with her and she was all kind of broken up about it, you know, and I was like, well, you know, whatever, she'll get over it. And I'm a sophomore, I'm just a kid. And on, uh, it was around Christmas, I get home from school, my mom's sitting there looking at me, she's like, hey, you got something in the mail. I'm like, what? They were like, uh, blue candy cane, she sent the note saying, I miss you or whatever. Um, and uh, the thing is, I didn't give her my address. And what was funny is my brother, we shared a room down in the basement, and he's like, Man, I don't know. I'm going to move out of this basement because I don't want to be no collateral
1: damage. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. He was no part of that one.
15: Yeah, he was no part of that whatsoever.
4: Greg, did you ever determine how in the hell she figured out where you're at?
15: Um, no. Um, I didn't hear anything else for her. She may have asked one of my friends from the other school. Gotcha. Um, that's probably how it happened.
3: Or? Um,
15: they, could have, they could have gave me a heads up. Or she, you know, it's before Google. So she maybe she was like driving by my house. I don't know. Maybe followed the movie truck. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, thanks. <laughs>
4: thanks, buddy. Yeah, that's that stuff right there is scary. Yeah. Nah, I, nothing like that. That would scare me. I mean, with you mine was just kind of weird and annoying.
1: My, mine was more just, just saying, you know wouldn't letting it go. Well a girl that was, you know, over at my house once got a long time ago, but then would I remember I came home once and there's like all these like like presents outside my door. I'm Like, what the hell is this? And it was like, it's like a present for a, like my dog. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the hell is this? And then, you know, then I'll probably ring and ring. And like, oh, God. I'm like, Dad, did you get the uh, thing I left for your dog? I'm like, that was you? Jeez. Good. <laughs> just like, kept, you know, just should show up here and there. Like, no, man, come on.
4: Yeah, well, that's, uh, the one time one story with the with with my crazy one was um, we had been broken up for years, mm-hmm. and she moved out of town. And Deb and I, I we might have had a kid by then. I don't remember. And uh, so, anyways, I ran into a mutual friend of ours at it was right after Great American had opened. Yeah, it was one of the first games, and uh, they were having some kind of press thing, and a bunch of us press guys were there, and. This girl, like, ah, I've been looking for you. I figured you'd be here. I'm like, yeah, what's up? And she goes, so-and-so, this girl was just in town last week, and she said, if I ran into you to give you this. And I just kind of half looked at it. wasn't paying attention. It was a, you know, obviously we had lived together, so there was all kinds of stuff that you shared. You Right. And I thought, okay, whatever. I just thought it was something that I'd left behind, and she was finally getting it to me. Well, I uh, go home that night. And I'm like reaching my pocket, I pull it out, and I just kind of throw it on the kitchen counter. And um, Deb's like, uh, "What's that?" And I said, ah, "I don't know." I said, you know, "Blah blah blah," gave this to me, and it's something I guess I left behind when I moved out of that house. Yeah. And uh, she goes, and she goes, well, "What?" I said, "I don't know." It's in a CD case. I think it's probably just like some pictures or something. She didn't want them to get squashed, so she opens it up and she looks at it. And she goes, "No, there's a CD in here."
1: She made you a mixtape? Yes. Oh, nice.
4: And inside, when she opened it, she sees the whole track list there.
1: So, I love you, Eddie. Oh, it's all kinds Volume of, oh, seven. man,
4: everything that was, I mean, there's make-out music, <laughs> there's our songs in there, da-da-da-da-da, <laughs> I'm going, oh, huh, oh, those hmm. are just, she's just staring holes through me.
1: Nice. And I'm
4: like, I don't know, I was like, there was some... <laughs> she goes, and one of them was hoping for, or like praying for a miracle was one of the songs and <laughs> oh
1: she goes really God.
4: praying for a miracle means
1: nothing there's no uh <laughs> right. misinterpreting what the message is on that one <laughs> that is no, it's not it's not uh
4: we'll take your calls but now the news seven four nine seven thousand eight hundred the big one pound seven hundred on at&t uh you got an obsessive in your life or had one we want to hear all about it Hell, even better if you're one. But now the news. 700 WLW. Eddie and Rocky talking about obsession. An obsessive relationship you've been in. Seven four nine seven thousand eight hundred, the big one. Pound 700 on AT&T. Gary, what do you got going on, buddy, as far as behavior goes?
11: Hey, guys. Great topic, man. Uh Chumba. No by law. plus. apply. See website for details.
7: Hey, I got married many years ago, and I received a call from some girl I must have dated or something because I, I have a birthmark next to my groin in my hair thigh. And she described me doing a T with that birthmark and everything. I was calling my house, i say, three or four different sets of times after I got married. And I had no idea who this was, still have no idea who it was to this day. And my wife's like, oh, whatever. She's never seen her or anything I didn't know anything about it. But uh, my wife's cool with that. Uh, we've been married for 37-plus years. My wife even bought me a uh, Playboy membership to the club uh, as a wedding gift.
4: So now, hold on a second, Gary. I missed something. How long ago did this start and when did it finish?
7: Well, it started probably about 1982 and went about 1984.
4: So for a couple of years, you got this weirdo random describing you
6: think
7: Oh yeah she described me to a team a bird mark and everything kept calling the
6: house every once in a while so you, you have I no idea who it was. was or anything No
7: no Wow
4: Like some kind of one night stand maybe that was kind
7: of No i never had one night stands I dated a lot of girls and uh dated them over time and never really had one night stand so but I still can't figure out who it was still don't know who it was to this day No,
3: see nah, that's,
1: that that would I would have to like find things, out man. right
4: well, that would that would bother me a lot. When somebody starts contacting you and, or contacting your wife or girlfriend or whatever, Yeah, it's that standard. would bother the hell out of me. Yeah, Let's talk to Phil about it. Hey, Phil, what do you have? Seven four nine seven thousand eight hundred. Bigman pound 700 on and t if you've got an obsessive relationship you've been in.
7: Oh, my gosh. Hey, I love your all show. Eddie, man, you are awesome. Yep. I was listening to you back on EDN. I can't listen to him. I haven't listened to, listen to him since.
4: Well, bud, I appreciate it. Thanks so much, Phil. <laughs>
1: So what your you're awesome, buddy. Thanks, brother. What do you got? Oh, my God. I, uh,
7: I was working for a retailer back in the 90s, and uh, I was dating this girl who had a mutual friend who had uh, free tickets to the Festival of Lights. So because my girlfriend was working, I got roped into going with her, and uh, we were there for, I don't know, a couple hours. And then on the way back, it turned into – Oh, you know, uh, why can't it be us? Why is it going to be you and her and this, that, and the other. Hmm. So then when we got back and I met my girlfriend after work, she just alludes to the fact that her and I are this item and had been this item for, you know, X amount of time. So then she dives on the hood of the car, beating on my windshield. No, 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 don't do me this way. Don't do me this way. <laughs> I'm, having your, I'm having your baby.
4: Oh, I'm like, of
1: course, oh, yes. I'm, there we go. <laughs>
4: Nice.
1: God. But, then, but then fast forward, I, I didn't see this
7: girl because this retailer went out of business. And I didn't see this girl for years. And I'm working for another retailer in Cincinnati. And by dumb luck, I'm walking through the store, and I keep hearing this individual with all these obscenities. It's like somebody with Tourette's. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and I'm walking down the aisle, and I'm, I'm ducking underneath the shelving trying to figure out where this... Uh, noise is coming from and where all this verbiage is coming from and just by dumb luck i look down and there she is and she just goes crazy cussing me out screaming all those years later she picked right up where she left off (laughs) absolutely that girl is crazy so i'm ducking through the store trying to get away from her and she's following me like a bloodhound so (laughs) 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 to this day anytime i hear that name it's like oh god no please don't be you (laughs) yeah
13: really Oh man!
7: All right.
1: Thanks, Phil. Jeez. Can you imagine years later, like popping back up with that?
4: See, I had nothing like that remotely like that. But I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't trust it. It's been too silent, too
1: long. Oh, so you think something's you're going to get a little? There's flare. like a, there's there's like a, a trigger. trigger. There's, there's a
4: trigger out. word or something out there that's just waiting to happen, and boom, off she goes like a flare. Oh man! So what do you got there?
1: No, I was going to say we were talking about this earlier. This yeah, is this is pretty good stuff. So, uh yeah. Texas mom, this is hilarious. Catches her 13-year-old son driving her new BMW to his girlfriend's house. So, and, and it's not I mean it's pretty diabolical. He, he she has one of these security systems and stuff and it comes up on her phone. So, he like goes in the phone, goes in that, and like disables the the surveillance thing, okay? Pops the garage open, jumps in the car, brand new BMW. And is driving to his girlfriend's house. Thirteen years old, okay. And I, I apparently like his sister must have ratted him out or something. So she goes to the mom like, "Look, you know, Bobby's taking the car to." The, so they jump in the car, follow him, find where he is, and then like he's at an intersection. And the mom jumps out and like opens the, the opens the driver door, belt swing and just just going after him. So no, we were just talking about <laughs> earlier about just like crazy stuff your kids have done or like when you were a kid just you know kind of the, just a stupid idiotic kind of uh you know yeah kid horror story kind of stuff
4: seven four nine seven thousand eight hundred the big one pound 700 on at&t and like we said stuff you've done or stuff you had your kids try on you i told you my story where i was trying to do what that kid did and push the car out of the garage even though he told me i couldn't go out yeah and i thought he was asleep so i got there and i'm Push because my mom was cool with me going because she it was one of those deals. Every, my dad used to do this all the time, he'd be just unreasonable for no reason, just because to prove that he was in charge. He was the man, and you know what I'm saying? Abide, yes. My mom be like, on even she's arguing, over there, like, on there's no reason in the world why I can't go do what he wants me to do. <laughs> right. And uh, and it was to see my girlfriend, and um, so he's going, No, no, you're not going anywhere, so just relax. So okay, he goes to sleep. I go out in the garage. Sneak open the garage door, put it in, uh, put it in neutral, push it down our driveway. That it coast is a slight hill, so it coasts right down into the street. So I hit the uh, ignition, nothing, not a noise, no nothing. So I'm like, what in the world? So I get out there, and there's a flashlight in the glove box. I got it there, and I'm looking under the hood. He had, he had undone the... He'd taken the distributor... He was a off. step ahead of you. <laughs> exactly. It's like, wow. Am I that, <laughs> God, am I that predictable? You thought,
1: you thought you had it all figured out, Ed. Eh, well, Apparently whatever. Not. My
4: girlfriend was still there waiting for me the next day.
1: Well, I told you, my, I, I snuck out once or twice in, in, in high school to go see my girlfriend. Again, we, we lived out in Okeana. She lived out you know, off, a, you know, off a beach mile, like far. So it was like a 50-minute drive. How off. in the world... Because you, you've told this story before. How in the
4: world... Living in Okeana, did you start dating a girl in Anderson? Well, St. X, like,
1: you know, St. X is everyone's, you know, our kind of sister school uh, was sense, know, yeah. Ursula, Ursuline, you know, so, yeah. Mercy, even some okay. Seton, all that. So, so everyone's kind of coming from all all parts of the, and my, and we actually, we lived on the West Side my whole life, but then my senior year, my parents had the, you know, smart idea. My senior year, right, when you kind of want to enjoy, you know, your friends, and I, we moved so far out. I mean, the amount of times somebody came and picked me up to go somewhere in high school was like one time. Like one time, other than that, I was driving, right, and it was beautiful out there. Loved it, but it was like, it was so far away. So, you know, going to see my girlfriend. I did the whole, you know, like tied the bed sheets together thing. Went down, got out, got you know, pushed the truck to the end of the, end of the driveway, so it wouldn't make a noise. Started up, drove. It's like fifty minutes ago, driving, 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 getting out there, and you know, this is before cell phones, so you couldn't say, hey, I'm here. You know, so you right. kind of, you know, you kind of tap it on the window. So I'm like. Hey, she's like, what are you doing here? I'm like, what are you even coming over to see you? She's like, I can't let you in. I'm like, I just drove. I just like, <laughs> I tied bed sheets together, <laughs> snuck out of the house, drove all the way out here 50 minutes, and you can't let me in? Like, can't you hang out for a minute? She wasn't having it, so I turned back around and drove it home.
4: Well, I uh, just told a story on my dad. I'll tell one of on my mom, and this was, my dad went to bed for me in this case. Uh, just, I just thought of this, um, but... I was, I said it before, I lived at home during college. So, you know, picking up a woman was a little rugged. Mm-hmm. And so we, me and my buddies went out to this nightclub, whatever, blah, 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 some disco or whatever. And she lived at home too. So I'm like, I get the bright idea. I mean, we're both, we're ready to rock and roll. And so I'm like, going, it's, it's three in the morning. My mom and dad are surely long asleep and right. they're both hard sleepers. And, so I uh, inst- I'm thinking because my bedroom was right next to theirs, so I'm thinking, aha, I can't go in my bedroom, so I'll just go here on the couch in the living room that's connected w- to the kitchen, which is connected to their bedroom through a back hallway.
1: They'll <laughs> never notice. They'll right. never
4: notice. <laughs> so uh, me and this girl are uh, doing our due uh, diligence there, and all of a sudden, I hear the door open into the kitchen from my mom and dad's hallway. Uh, it turns out that my mom woke up in the middle of the night and had a headache or whatever and went to get some aspirin, aspirin or, or whatever right? which happens to be right there mm. looking into the living room where the couch was and you never saw a little skinny boy uh, try to get dressed in a, a bigger <laughs> and the girls running down the hallway and
1: oh man and so, uh, my mom it is all.
4: absolutely livid oh my god livid and so then, okay, all the rigmarole, my old man gets up. And there he's standing there in his boxer shorts and his, you know, his wife beat her. What's going on here? And I go, well, Dad, uh, I brought a girl home. And, you know, he does, he does the old man thing. He's kind of like, okay, well, uh, I'll, I'll handle this. You just take her on yeah. home.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so your old man had your back it, right it there. He sure
4: did. And I, uh, a wingman for me. And I took the girl home. She didn't live very far from me. And I come back in and. Man, I got my I got my tail between my legs, hard time. And my mom was just staring at me. And my dad's was like, go to bed. And I never heard another word about him.
1: He took care of it, man. That's, that's what I'm talking about.
4: And if my boys are listening, you think I'm going to do that, you're out of your so freaking pr- mind. So I
1: always feel sorry for your kids because, I mean, <laughs> like you've seen and done it all. Yes. So there's no trick that, that they're going to be able to fool you with. I mean, they might be able to get sneaky with some social media stuff, but you're right. on that too. So. And don't
4: think I haven't made it
1: perfectly clear to
4: them you can try if you want
1: yeah go ahead but.
4: knock yourself out <laughs> but That's, yep it's gonna double down on the punishment because you it were works. dumb enough to try me <laughs> uh, let's try the traffic oversize rob what do you have buddy
0: with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere